Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm David Amaru, the writer-director of Deviation. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart. Page the screen. Com up in my bum, please. Snakes. Get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking up with my fucking snakes. Jamie's with Dom, eating pizza and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen Screen. Hello. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, Five minutes late, but never mind. It's just you and me this evening by the looks of it. I don't know where Bob is. I've not heard from him, and I'm not sitting around all evening waiting for him. Um, I did try. Okay. Him, I tried to give him a call on his mobile a few seconds ago. Didn't answer. Uh, tried to give him a call on his landline. Didn't answer. So I'm giving you a call on your Skype, and you did answer. Yay! Yay! That is good. So if he shows up, he shows up. Okay. As, um, it's kind of like a parody on the... Is it? Uh, Ivan Drago says in Rocky Four, if he dies, he dies. But if Bob shows up, he shows up. He shows up. So we're going to go with that one. So how the heck are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I was. Uh, I had a little bit of a nap before. <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to do 11 a.m. till 8, 8 till 8 p.m. shifts, but then midweek last week they said any chance you can swap to an 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. and I stupidly went, yeah, all right. And, not realising that I had to then get up about six o'clock in the morning on a weekend, two days in a row. So I did that. So then when I got home about half past five tonight and I was shattered. <laughs> so Annette was downstairs watching an episode of Alias on the TV. Um, I remember it at ten past seven and then about quarter to eight, it was when I remember the next bit. So I had a bit of a, just over a half hour nap and I feel all the better for it. So. Well, f- fair enough. Uh, similar thing uh, almost happened to me earlier whilst uh, being subjected to uh, kids' TV on Netflix. Um, my my brain was just switching off and I could feel myself going and had to kind of get up and do a bit of uh, housework to to keep plodding on. What was on? What kids' TV were you being subjected to? My personal hatred is for In a Night Garden, which I can't stand. Um, this was... Um, a cartoon called Puppy in My Pocket. Okay. Is, uh, it, is it about a puppy in a pocket, or is it a little bit more in-depth and, and whatnot? The, than that? The, there was no puppies in people's pocket, pockets. There were puppies oh. there. I thought it could have possibly been related to Polly Pocket, 
Um, but when I asked my daughter if the girl's name was Polly, she said no. So um, that soon ended. Yeah, it's probably best to just end the conversation now. You just end up setting yourself, wouldn't you? You go, why, yeah, exactly. Why is it like, called that? I don't get it. Yeah, and, and, and why do I care? It's a bit like when I watched the, I think Meryl Streep's the main star when she's in The Iron Lady. I'm like, where's the other Avengers? This film is <laughs> shit, basically. I was rather disappointed and wanted my money back. So, yeah. Uh, how's your week been other than being subjected to puppies in pockets that didn't involve pollies or pockets with puppies in them? Well, pretty good, really, because uh, obviously, um, last podcast we talked about um, the Sylvester Stallone homework. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite thing to do um, after the day job this week is literally come home, um, boot up the Amazon Fire TV stick, and uh, then press the, um, the the listening button and say, Sylvester Stallone, and just see what's uh, presented to me. Nice. So, <laughs> and did it, I mean, we'll get into the titles that you watch, but was there a reasonable selection there, or was it kind of limited? Kind of limited, unfortunately. I think I've pretty much watched... Um, what was available um, without having to spend any money. That's good. Yeah. That kind of works. I, I sort of did the same with my Stallow homework. I picked the one definitive one that, that I felt, yep, I'm going to go for that one, which mm-hmm. I had on DVD. Uh, and I got a few few of uh, Sly's films on DVD, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to see what's on Netflix. And I ended up watching uh, three extra films. So I've seen four this week so yeah. Stallone's name has gone up in the rankings I bet he's sitting in his uh, LA house going um okay I'm, <laughs> I'm you know I'm okay with that but why have lots of people been watching lots of my films uh, this week particular so now I, I actually don't understand how Netflix works in itself because um I'd watch one of these movies and then you know how you get kind of um what's popular this week um as a section the movie would then pop up on uh, on that section. I think, really, me watching that one movie has has made it popular, or is that just something it's showing me? Just shows you. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit odd like that. I hate the algorithm of Netflix. Not as much as I hate the the user interface of Amazon. That is definitely the worst one of the bunch. But uh, <laughs> I am a heartbeat away from cancelling my Amazon Prime just because of the whole Ray Donovan uh, annoyed me type issue. And mm-hmm. there's more than enough films on Netflix, I think, to watch. So, yeah. Uh, I'll save myself a few quid, I think. I think that's the thing, though, because I, I suppose they're, they're trying this smart interface that, that kind of tells you what you what it thinks you're going to like. But in, in matter of fact, I really enjoyed watching these Sylvester Stallone movies, and none of them were on my radar. And In fact, I didn't even know they were there until kind of actually speaking his name and being presented with them. So... Um, you know, that's obviously the downfall. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's all right saying, well, yeah, this guy watches a lot of sci-fi, so we'll show him the latest Star Trek or, or whatever. But what about the action movies that I enjoy watching, but you're not showing me or other things? It's, yeah. uh, I mean, I'd sort of, I am a Stallone fan and I watch Stallone films now and again, and I put his name in and there was about maybe three or four films on the, the thumbnail thing. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know that one was on here. Why didn't mm-hmm. it come up? I watch Stallone films quite semi-regularly <laughs> and stuff. So, Who knows? Have you watched anything that isn't Sylvester Stallone related this week or has it all been a Sylvester week for you? No, I've watched a few things that haven't been Sylvester Stallone as well. One of them actually was presented in the list of Sylvester Stallone movies when I, t- when I spoke his name, even though when reading the, c- the kind of blurb for it, it didn't mention him once. So I thought, you know, 
has he got some kind of um director part or, or something like that but but a quick look on imdb um just before this show actually confirmed that no he's got nothing to do with the film whatsoever oh. um but i watched the film anyway and it was a good film what was it um it was the wall oh yeah 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 is this the um the matt damon thing um no that's the, the great wall, wall isn't it yeah no, the wall yeah. um john cena aaron taylor johnson and uh, Lath Nakli N A K L I. I'm no good with uh, pronouncing sure, names. I'm sure that's the perfect pronunciation. It's fine. Um, but yeah, um, just just these kind of three actors in the whole movie. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, really good watching. Really good movie. Nice. So for some reason, you went looking for Stallone. You found the wall, and he wasn't even connected with it. Very exactly it, it, it popped up <laughs> i watched it anyway and enjoyed the film um and also um i've watched um a good classic that i've seen before um with christmas coming up um deck the halls danny devito i have um, not seen that uh, basically danny devito um really disappointed that his his house can't be seen by space so so sets uh uh, gives himself the goal of putting as many Christmas um, lights on his house as possible just so he can be seen from space. Nice. I don't spoil oh, yeah. it, but I'm pretty sure he can be seen from space, can't he? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Maybe you have to watch the film and find out at the end. Exactly. Answers on a postcard. I watched a film at the beginning of December, and it was only like the second or third, whatever it is now, and I remember putting a tweet out saying, my Christmas film thing is now officially open, and I can't remember what film it was. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> That's how long my past few days have been. I remember tweeting, going it's kind of a strange christmas film that i've watched but it is officially my christmas season is now and i cannot remember what film it is so i'm gonna have to um research that again after and try and find out but oh god my brain's going to lally one did pop up earlier that i watched um with the family um on netflix again i think it was called annabelle's christmas um one of those kind of big full screen promos for it you know you must watch this kind of thing netflix original um basically 30 minute short um animated film about um a girl who goes to church with a family and decides that um the baby jesus and the nativity looks cold so she must take him home to warm him up obviously stealing baby jesus not a bad film for, for 30 minutes. Exactly. Was that long enough? You didn't feel the need for an extra 90 minutes worth of no, I, I felt or something? No, I felt 30 minutes was perfectly, well, the perfect length for this movie. And, uh, yeah. Some films are, I think. Some films do run too long. So, yeah. what off the top of your head, can you think of, like, what the longest film you've ever watched is? Do you think it's probably one of the Lord of the Rings films? Yeah, possibly. Um saying that at night sometimes uh with some of these sylvester sloan films and not that they're bad at all because trust me i've loved every one of them except for one um i um kind of with the day job and everything i felt myself kind of going so kind of had to put it uh, put it on hold and carry on the next night but um but yeah lord of the rings is probably got to be up there i'm sure there's some others but just off the top of my head with you mentioning it then We'll go with Lord of the Rings. I think probably is Return of the King. I think because that film, especially extended version of that, that was a bit, a bit overlong, wasn't it? Mm. 
what's your ideal length of a film? Obviously, it depends on the storyline and stuff. Me personally, I think bang on two hours. I'm all right with that. Yeah, I was going to say two hours. Unless it's Star Trek, then you can stick it on for six and I'll be there. I think there's the Star Trek, the slow motion picture, wasn't that seven hours, <laughs> eight hours? Or did that just feel it? I think it felt oh. like seven, eight hours. I do need to rewatch that at some point. Um, and that has this thing where she wants to go through franchises mm-hmm. from start to finish. And Star Trek is one of the ones where she's seen, I, I don't even think she's seen a full one. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to, to actually going through that, but uh, including Star Trek the motion picture. So Yeah, it's one of those things, um, you know, there's lots of theories about Star Trek, isn't there? You know, they say, um, like, kind of the. Um, oh, it's the even what is it? The, the Yeah, even the odd and the even. So the even numbers are the good ones, the odd ones uh, are the bad ones. But um, I suppose if you're a diehard fan like me, then you really can't say much bad about Star Trek unless you start talking about Discovery. Well, here, I've, here I gave up after Discovery. I'm like, this is not next gen or DS9. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's test this theory then. So we'll, and I'll, I'll do it as well. So Star Trek, the slow, the oh God, I nearly called it a slow motion picture. It's because I've heard it referred to that many times. So Star Trek, the motion picture, good film or not good film? You see, for me, that they're all going to turn out good. I, I, you know, I enjoyed them. Obviously, some are better than others. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I do believe um, that they're all kind of good movies. So, Wrath of Khan better than motion picture, or yeah, the Wrath of Khan okay. really is um, one of the standout ones. It really is a good movie. So, Star Trek three better than Wrath of Khan, or not as good as? Not as good as yeah, uh, Search for Spock. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek four better than number three. Yeah, the voyage home. You've got um, you've got whales. You have. You double double dumbass on you. And yeah, you're exactly. You got some fantastic lines, you know. So yeah, Scotty talking into the mouse. You know, all <laughs> sorts of stuff. The fastest <laughs> typer I've ever seen since me. Um, yeah. So that was very very good. So num- where do you take number five? I quite like number five. I think the music's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, number five is quite a good movie. It. It's parts of it in a way feel very different to a lot of the other star trek movies that were made um um so yeah the final frontier is it's a good movie you know it's 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 great to kind of delve into um kind of spock's history and um yeah kind of seeing the enterprise taken over and that kind of thing so not Again, not a bad one, but not as good as whales and, like you say, talking into computers. So, so far, we've got two and four that are, that are better than yep. no, one and three. <laughs> so, we're, we're doing well so far. Uh, Undiscovered Country, number six. Oh. Um, that is very different. Hmm. Um, I think it's it's better than five, and I would probably put it alongside four. And two, so I think for me, it, the, the even number thing is working yeah, it, so it far. does. And then you go, then you go back. Um, well, you 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 forward to the next generation movies. Then so you have got Generations, which was. Um, now you see, I think the problem with Generations, I I don't think it's a bad movie at all. Yeah. Um. I the I read the book. Uh, by J.M. Dillard of Star Trek Generations, and it's a fantastic book. Um, the movie doesn't live up to the book. Really? Um, 
but it but it is still a good book uh good good movie even so um but but it's not as good then as we move forward to star trek first contact See, I love Generations. I saw that at cinema. I think the music's amazing. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's one specific shot in that where uh, Malcolm McDowell, as, as Soren, is stood up on the side of the mountain with his hands up in the air like a, like a letter X. Yeah. And the Nexus is coming in. And I actually remember that, find, I yeah. found a picture of that online at one point. And I ended up printed out onto A3 because that is a gorgeous shot. It that is. Was, that was on my wall for many a, many a year. Um, so then it was first contact after generations wasn't it yeah i think the beauty about first contact for me with star trek deep space nine being my favorite um kind of series um the fact that in first contact you see the defiant yes um captained by wolf who is then beamed out um kind of you know it, it it's the closest i'm ever going to get of a deep space nine movie yeah. um Obviously, I don't know if you know the backstory on that one. It caused a rift between um, the next year, well, the the movie writing team and the Deep Space Nine writing team, because in the movie they wanted to have the Defiant um, completely destroyed by the Borg, right. um, and literally the Deep Space Nine writing team said, "Feel free to do that, and we'll continue to use it on the show." Oh wow! Okay, I didn't know that one. And in the end, that's why you get. Um, Wolf's line on uh, First Contact uh, where he asks about the ship and uh, Picard responds, you know, damaged but salvageable. Nice. Yep, a bit like the relationship with the writer's room. Yeah, exactly. So then we move on to Insurrection, which I am a big fan of. A lot of people complain yeah. about that. It just feels like a feature-length episode. It's like, well, I'm all right with that. I have I love, no, again, no problem with it. Insurrection, I love the soundtrack, but I love the soundtrack on a lot of, uh, a lot of Star Trek movies. Um, you know, it's... Um, it's got some nice twists in there as well with um, obviously the sonar kind of being um, related yeah. uh, to the Baku. Great so, but, uh, for me, mm. the standout is the soundtrack. Yep. Uh, and then we move on to probably my least favourite of the Star Trek movies is Nemesis. I probably agree with you there. Um, yeah. Um, Romulus and Remus and... Um, you know, the rise to power of a, a Picard clone. Yeah, it's not not the great. I suspect probably trouble behind the scenes sort of derailed that slightly, but uh, mm. but still watchable. I would rather see a terrible Star Trek movie than not see one at all. So I'm all yeah. Right and then we get onto the three new ones: Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and then Star Trek Beyond. Which, me personally, I think they're okay. I'm not as yeah. much of a fan of those. I would rather have next-gen DS9 movies or Captain Kirk movies than, you know, the reboots. Yeah, me too. And um, I, I think my my long-standing view um, on, on kind of the reboots was um, that they could have stood out as movies in their own right. They didn't have to be in the Star Trek kind of timeline. They could have just called it something else and... Uh, created some some new movies but unfortunately cbs has got this um this way of thinking that um these movies must be um accessible to all we want to uh, appeal to a wider audience so what we'll do is we'll take the star trek movie and then we'll 
you know, add loads of special effects and this, that, and the other, and that surely will bring more people in, not realizing that the reason that non-Star Trek fans don't go to a Star Trek movie is because it's got the name Star Trek in the title. So it's never going to work. And all you do then is alienate kind of the original fans. The, The amount of times on on Facebook that I had look at a Star Trek post from the official Star Trek account and they talk about kind of one of the new movies and you you'll see you know 1000 comments and you start reading down of it and you got all these Star Trek fans literally slating um, CBS <laughs> telling them like why don't you go back to uh, something good why don't you do Next Generation why don't you do Voyager you know it's crazy it's the world we live in now isn't it you, you make something and people will tear it to pieces yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything right it's the old george lucas one isn't it we want more star wars oh we don't want the prequels Get lost. <laughs> we don't want well, those I, th- I think one thing and i don't know why cbs decided to do it is your typical sci-fi fan in my in my eyes is somebody who enjoys futuristic things they like things that that kind of aren't a reality they like things that are new um seeing this kind of glimpse into a possible future and after voyager you had star trek enterprise and then they said right enterprise is set before the original series so the actual ship um had um kind of torpedoes and and kind of technology that we've got now and fans go well what are you doing that for? We want to see something a bit more futuristic, you know? Yep. And, you know, then, you know, they go into the reboots and again, we're, we're still kind of in a, an earlier time period. We're, we're in that Kirk time period. Where's, where's kind of the, uh, the kind of futuristic stuff again. That's why I didn't really get into enterprise. I think I remember watching a pilot episode at the mm. time and, you know, I like Scott Bakula and stuff. Cause it's like, Hey, quantum leap. But yeah. I just could not get into the TV show. I wanted more, uh, you know, next gen and Dominion and Quark's bar and, and you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff and the founders and bring all that back. I didn't want to go back. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of prequels generally. There probably are a few decent ones, but all in all, nah. And and that's the thing. You you know, it's like they they have to try harder when it's a prequel as well because they've already they, you've already got all this kind of canon law that's been made from all the different series beforehand so you know when when they talk about you know well who was the first captain of the enterprise with well, was um captain pike and but that was only for the for the pilot episode um of the of the original series, then Kirk took over. Well, actually, no, it wasn't. Now it was uh, Captain Archer, played by you know, well, um, Scott um, Bakula. So it, it doesn't make any sense. So no. then, they, they, then they do these subtle changes. Well, well, actually, the Enterprise you see with Kirk is the NCC one seven zero one, whereas the one you see with um, Archer is the NX. Um, one seven oh one and it's like yeah you just you're just changing little bits because you need to kind of shoehorn yep. um things in and it it doesn't quite work. It's the same with the X Men movies, the Terminator movies, that that the, even a new Halloween film. We're bringing a new sequel to Halloween called Halloween, which is not a remake <laughs> of the other film called Halloween. And we're going to ignore Halloween two, three, four, five, six, and seven, <laughs> and and this is an eight. And uh, yeah, this is this is how it, stop rewriting timelines. A good yeah. enough writer would be able to tie them all in. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it always annoys me when they're like retrofitting things and, and uh, just knock it off. Does my head. If, if CBS are listening, I do have a fantastic idea for a new show um, that takes things on from Voyager. So, you know, I'd love to come in and pitch it to you. So uh, do get in touch. Yeah, don't pitch it now because somebody will rob it. Well, exactly. I'll, I'll leave that. <laughs> Maybe you <laughs> could you... do because I know Neil Johnson's listening because he's been what he's been doing his uh, Stallone homework as well. I might add. Ah, uh, so maybe you and Neil can team up, and mm. uh, he can film it, and you can write it and star in it and stuff like that. So sounds great. We'll all be in it. There you go. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I'll run the Twitter account for you. And we'll bring the Klingons back as Klingons, not as some weirdly redesigned. Um, I want to put my mark on this show character. Oh, it was a bit odd, weren't it? Yeah. A little bit odd. But, you know, will I go back and watch Discovery? I don't know. Probably not, to be honest, but who knows? <laughs> In a few years, when there's about three or four seasons or five seasons or whatever, I yeah. might go back and watch it. But at the minute, it's just too damn many shows to uh, to catch up on. So Let's just, just hope that the, um, the new show uh, with Picard um, kind of follows on from the next generation, Voyager and in kind of those uh, series and uh, is kind of in the prime timeline back to its roots. I hope so. And it's not some sort of, let's reboot it. Let's use yeah. some de-aging stuff to uh, to make him look younger, like they did in X-Men. Mm-hmm. Not good software. <laughs> so we have uh, a little the Stallone homework we will crack on with because there's a few bits and pieces that are going to tie on with that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Obviously, we've not got Bob here, so I don't know what he's watched, if in fact he's watched anything. Uh, I was expecting my phone to go partway through, but who knows? I shall let you know later on why Bob didn't show up. Um, <laughs> when were you first aware of Sylvester Stallone? Can you remember? Um, I was probably, you know, maybe nine or ten, something like that. Um, and it was um, through the Rocky movies. Um, you know, it was Rocky movies have always been big. Um, so, you know, it will have been one of those, um, some kind of, um, weekend, some maybe towards Christmas time and they, they put on a load of movies and, and Rocky was one of them. Did you watch them in the right order? Cause I didn't, I'd have just written down the right order that I watched them in. So the first one I ever saw was number two. Mm-hmm. Then well, I saw number three, then I saw number one, and then it was four, five, six, seven, and I've not seen number eight yet. Unfortunately, because I was so young, I don't actually remember which Rocky movies they were. I think I've seen one and two. But once uh, they become free on Netflix or Amazon, I'll tell you, because I'll go back and watch them again. Okay. But have you seen them all for now, though? No. Wow. I envy you. It's one of those I things, the, isn't it? I, I see I, again going back to Star Trek quickly. You know, people who who enjoy Star Trek, but you know, I say, well, did you watch uh, Enterprise? Like yourself, you know. Well, I watched a few episodes, but I didn't kind of get along with it. Or I was like, oh, amazing! You can go back and rewatch them now and and see them for the first time because actually, you know, the, the show actually ends on a quite high. I think. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things that. You know, I am actually looking forward, especially after after the homework, going back and watching uh, kind of the complete set of Rocky movies and, in fact, um, the Rambo movies, which right. uh, I, I know we spoke briefly during the week and I've only ever seen 
um, pretty much the last Rambo movie. So that's impressive. I do envy you. You've not seen all the Rocky films. <laughs> <laughs> that is very very cool because we're up to eight of them now. So yep. you know we had uh, we had the uh, five, so we had those, and then it went away. And then that mm-hmm. was it, Rocky Five. This was the end of the Rocky franchise. And then Rocky Balboa came back, and we're like, oh my <laughs> God, there's another Rocky film. This is going to be terrible. But it wasn't. It was a good film. Well, <laughs> somebody likes Stallone. You can't, you can't rule him out, can you? That's the thing. And that's just peered in the room going, uh, why are you here? Uh, Wi-Fi signal's better. There we go. <laughs> she just give me that puzzle look going, why are you not recording in the room you're normally recording? Because the Wi-Fi signal's better where I am. Um, but yeah, no, then Rocky Balboa came back, which was number six, and then uh, Creed came out, and everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, really? Is this one step too far? That was really good. And now, of course, we've got Creed 2, which uh, don't watch that till you've seen all the Rocky films. So, yeah. You know, you've got to watch them in the right order. So, um, but, but yeah, I think so- it, the, the news has hit that after Creed 2... Um, he's Sylvester's uh, posted a video pretty much kind of ruling himself out for future films is that right? well that's what he said but I do remember the days when number 5 was it mm. number 5 was the last and if you watch the very end credits and it's not a spoiler thing of Rocky 5 it is uh, it, the, the song is Measure of a Man by Elton John it's actually a very good song and it is over black and white pictures from the entire Rocky saga at that time. So it feels uh-huh. like it's done. We've seen the closure of Rocky. There will be no more. He's done with it. And then never he came say back. never. <laughs> then he came back again. <laughs> um, Rambo three. He was done with Rambo. And then number four came out. And it's like mm-hmm. right now I'm done with it. And Rambo four has got the perfect ending to you know a film. He's walking down the road. He's going home he's not been home for years and years and years he's going home perfect and now we're getting rambo five yep so i i would pinch of salt uh, what mr stallone says with regards to you know that's that's the end of rocky balboa i suppose the are that there are these like iconic actors who um who you can you can literally never say never you had um arnold schwarzenegger um literally ruling myself out you know i'm now kind of governor um you know i won't be doing movies from now on and and yet he's back as well so yeah yeah. they would i think it's and you know i'm not blaming them for doing it i'd do it Mm. you know if i went right i'm done with podcasts now i'm going to do what about fishing instead and people went nuts and they went oh we want that other one back that's got everybody talking about nothing that's written down beforehand and we just talk about whatever (laughs) you would go back and do it yeah, exactly. Because that's what your audience wants. If Creed 2 makes a fortune and everybody goes mad and they're all sad because it's not going to be another Rocky film, there will be another Creed film. It's a yeah. case of whether Rocky Balboa is in it. If he's not, they're going to have to kill him in between films, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Because otherwise he would have to come back in order to do like a death scene or, or something like that. So. Unless he's talked about but not actually seen on screen. Possibly. And it's really hard not to get into spoilers for some of the Rocky, <laughs> the Rocky stuff, but you've not seen them. But there are sort of elements like that that are handled quite well mm-hmm. in the franchise where people go, oh, why is this character not in it? And you go, no, but they were mentioned. And if they were in it, the film would go off in a different tangent and it wouldn't make – And it's so it is very well handled. People seem to forget that the guy's an Oscar-winning writer. Mm-hmm. So he, he does know 
what he's doing when it comes to crafting a story. For the most cases, maybe stop or my mom will shoot. He maybe needed uh, <laughs> a little bit of a nudge in order to do that one. But uh, You see, I, I, I watched that when I was younger. I enjoyed that movie, so... <laughs> well, did you hear the storyline about why he appeared in that? No, go on. And this is a true one. Uh, he was, obviously, it's no secret that he was a massive rival with Schwarzenegger in mm-hmm. the 80s. They were, they were the biggest action stars in more yeah. ways than one. And Schwarzenegger had his people have a word with Stallone on the quiet going, oh, Arnie's going to do this this comedy thing. It's going to be huge. It's <laughs> like, what is it? Oh, you've got, you've got to do it. He's like, I don't want to do that. He's like, well, if you don't do it, Arnie's doing it. This film is going to be massive. You don't do it, Schwarzenegger is in. So Stallone went, I'll do it. And it was stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> so, and apparently that happened. I was watching an interview with Stallone the other day and they were talking about that story. And Stallone said, yeah, that, that sort of thing happened a couple of times. So I'm guessing Oscar was probably the other one, which yeah. is not a very good comedy with Stallone in it. But uh, yeah. So there was definitely a big rivalry, but uh, Schwarzenegger's had his uh, his fair share of uh, similar films, though, hasn't he? So, <laughs> oh god, he has. I think though, Schwarzenegger, his sort of duff films were early on. You know, Hercules in New York and Cactus mm. Jack and you know stuff like that. I think Schwarzenegger kind of got a bit better later on, whereas mm. Stallone made a few missteps, like Rhinestone. Apparently, Stallone thought the film Rhinestone was going to be more like Jewel in the Nile and Romancing <laughs> the Stone, not a musical with Dolly Parton. So, so there you go. <laughs> um, do you want to hear a very funny story? I actually managed to print this out. This is from 13 years ago. This is my personal connection with Sylvester Stallone. I do want to hear it. I was hoping you'd uh, you'd find it. It's a little bit of a diary form, so you know it's been a little bit like an audio book. But this was from a like a diary thing that I kept called "Making It Run." Now, "Run" was the first ever screenplay that I wrote, and I thought, well, this is going to be a fun adventure mm. so i'm going to document what it's like for me to write films and send them off and try and get them made and stuff and i carried it on throughout the years um and i do i, I would love to go back and carry it on because obviously with mimi and one night reservation stuff i could actually mm-hmm. go back and continue it but so uh this is from october 2005 okay right so uh let's have a look Whilst reading Ain't It Cool News this morning and learning that Rambo 4 has officially been announced, it's shooting in Bulgaria. I decided to take another of those chances and track down Sylvester Stallone. It took me about 10 minutes and I wrote him this letter. So, dated October 28th, 2005. Mm-hmm. I'd probably make me cringe this now, but never mind. <laughs> Dear Mr. Stallone, Firstly, let me give you the praise I have for you. Let me get the praise I have for you out of the way and say that I've been a huge fan of yours for many, many years, since the days of First Blood and to this day, and was immensely happy to read that not only will I get to see another chapter in the Rocky Saga, but also another chapter in the hugely entertaining Rambo trilogy, which now takes it to a quadrilogy, I guess. I look forward to watching them on my very large screen. The reason that I'm writing to you, and hopefully at the correct address, is I have a request. If my information is correct, then Rambo 4 is being lensed in Bulgaria. What I would very much like to do, and would be good at it, I might add, is to be allowed to film and document the production of this film from start to finish. I'm very good with my own digital camcorder and professional digital still camera, having spent the past few years trying to break into the film world as a still photographer, but mostly documenting several travels to the countries of the world as well as being an amateur screenwriter, but that's another story, and various other trips that I've made to music concerts. 
Samples of my work can be sent to you if wished. And although I've never worked on a film set, I have been around film studios, including Pinewood, Abbey Road Music Studios, Air Lindhurst Music Studios, as well as well-versed in the conduct and decorum of them. I'm not looking for financial benefit from this, and I'm hoping I can use this to move myself into a career as a filmmaker. I thought I would take a chance, as we all have to do every day, and write to you. I would fund myself if given the chance to work with your production and definitely not let you down. I would also jump through any legal hoops that are attached to film production with regards to the footage that I obtain. I'm also well versed in the need for secrecy and diplomacy around film casting crew. I've left my contact details below and hope this letter finds you well and working hard. And I hope you reply to me. <laughs> You're sincerely, Stuart. <laughs> so wow. actually, I actually wrote that. Um, and then October 31st, 2005 at 16.36 I add, for some reason I felt the need to write the time down of course, these in, in things can to, be important <laughs> they, <certainly laughs> want to, they can be if you're reading them 13 years later exactly uh, in order to make sure my letter gets to the correct address I decided to phone up Stallone's agent in Beverly Hills his name is Jack Gillardi and I want to speak to his office and confirm his postal address even though I've made these sort of calls before, Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Eisner and several other production houses, I still feel the incredible nerves that come before a phone call. But it's so important not to fluff your words during a phone call, I tended to make notes on a laptop screen with bullet points of the things I need to say over the phone line. So October 31st, 2005 at 17.45, I lifted up the phone and dialed ICM, the company that represents many Hollywood talents, and asked for Jack Gillardi. Success! The name was right and I was put through to Jack's office. It was suggested that I pass any documentation onto Stallone. Care of ICM was given the postal address, which I already had, but it was nice to have conversation. The phone call was over in three minutes, but my heart pounded for at least ten. I altered the address on the letter and hoped to post it off on the 1st of November. So the 1st of November I did actually post it. Mm -hmm. uh, December the 5th. After a failed phone call but a successful message left on a voicemail several days before, I recalled the office of Jack Gillardi and was given the telephone number of Stallone's publicist, a Mr. Paul Block. I called him up and spoke to his assistant. She was called Michelle, who was very helpful. I explained my situation and had my details taken down. I offered to fax a copy of the letter that I'd sent to Jack Gillardi's office. I then had the fun task of getting some fax software to work and then make sure it was <laughs> sent to her office. After an hour or so, playing around, I called up Paul Block's office. And I've still got the number written down here as well. Uh, I was told that the fax had already arrived safely. Another step done. All I could do was wait. It may take days, but I'd done the hard work. So, 6th of December, this is the day after. This is so intense right now. I must bonkers. add, you know, this is really... This is great. Yeah. Uh, Upon returning from a music concert in Manchester, I'd been to see the group AHA, actually, just in case you want to know which group, I found I had a voicemail on my phone. I'm not sure why I checked for voicemail messages at midnight, but I did. It was from Michelle's office, and it was her assistant. Basically, it said, Michelle wants to talk to you about your proposal, so if you can call back, we can have a chat. Ooh! I was over the moon, and because of the time difference, it was perfect timing to call back right there, and then, and I did, and I was put on hold. I was nervous and excited, but really scared as well. Eventually, Michelle came on the phone, and that's when my plans came crashing down. <laughs> I know she was only doing a job and protecting her client, but every single question I asked was answered with a, nope, 
Sorry, can't give out that information. Sorry, can't say. I really got my arse kicked and soon the phone call ended. I had gone from high as a kite to emotionally kicked senseless. And at the time, my girlfriend pointed out that I should focus on the fact that I got that far. I'd made the phone call, I'd had messages left for me, and the next time, I would have a bit more knowledge than I did this time. Still felt really shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So every time I watch Rambo 4, I'm thinking, do you know what, in an alternate universe... I would have been on the sidelines taking pictures. I think the film ended up being shot in Thailand for some reason. <laughs> but I know original, I think they were shooting it in Bulgaria. But I was I hunted that. I knew I'd written the story down and I hunted through loads of hard drive folders and stuff and I did manage to find it. But it was uh it was exciting times. <laughs> if only Twitter was around at the time you could you sent a tweet. Well, I remember the amount when I was I mean, this making it run thing is it's fascinating. It is really, it's not well written because I mm-hmm. wasn't a good writer at that time. Some may say I'm not now, but I, I think I am better than I, than I was. But it is interesting. It's like how you go through to it. There's at one point where I'm like, I finished my first screenplay. I've now posted it to Miramax. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then probably two months after it came back unopened. And I'm like, why did they not read it? What's the matter with them? Why did they not like this story? It's amazing. Uh, so yeah, it is quite interesting. So I may, I might make that public at some point, or maybe read out bits of segments of it on. Uh, Forget it on, on podcast. Get it on yeah. Amazon. That could be self-published on Amazon within minutes. It could well be. <laughs> it is quite. <laughs> it is quite funny. So I, yeah, I that- have to kind of say that that kind of what really impressed me was um kind of the little details you got in there Stuart so the <laughs> fact that you pointed out that you've got a big screen tv yeah why why did I tell him that why why and the thing it was only probably a 40 inch so you know back then that was big that was a very expensive television that I had <laughs> but I did I felt the need to to mention that yeah, I don't, I don't understand why I could see why they didn't really <laughs> get back in touch <laughs> But it was fun. If I ever do meet Stallone, I'll be like, do you know what? Here's a story for you, and I'm sure he will laugh and then yeah. call his security. <laughs> <laughs> that is the closest I've ever got to Stallone. Oh. So, one day. One day, maybe. You never know. With this uh, kind of being a, a bit of a Stallone episode, he might be listening. Well, I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> so, you know... Maybe Jack or Michelle or whatever may listen, but can you imagine what it's like though? You go out, you come back, and there's a voicemail from mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone's office going, Hi, call us back. That's insane. Yeah. That's nuts. It, it's. Yeah. It, yeah, words really couldn't describe it, could they? Um, it's. It's one of those things that that your heart would have been pounding at that moment. You would have been thinking, This is it. This is, you know, the start of, of my career. Well, that's it, isn't it? You think, do you know what? This one phone call, if it goes right, then me and Stallone are going to be buddies. If it goes <laughs> wrong, they're going to tell me to piss off. They mm. obviously went for the latter, but it could so, well, maybe not easily, but it could have gone the other way. Yeah. <laughs> it could have, but it didn't. So, you know, but it does make for an interesting story. So I wanted to share that one with you. Well, you know what they say, better look next time. And if you're sending this to Stallone, then uh, who knows? Exactly. So, I mean, that's my ideal thing. I've spoke to to Neil many times. And it's like, I'm at the point in my life now with all the the film stuff that I do. And, you know, the photography and the social media and the podcasts. And it, it's like, I don't know which direction 
to turn in. Ideally, my direction would be when a film's shooting somewhere, I do like I did, you know, su- su- uh, suggesting to Sylvester there, Sly, mm-hmm. to, to his buddies, is just camp out on the location and go, right, I'm going to have a tent over there. I'll do all your interviews. I'll take still photos. I'll just document everything. And that's what I would do. I'd be part of like a film crew that travels here, there, and everywhere. I would, that's something I'd genuinely love to do. But I don't think there's a job opportunity, but who knows? I don't yeah. know. It's, uh, it'd definitely be lots of fun. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to, um, you know, to be involved in a team that did some kind of um, behind-the-scenes uh, book release with photos that, you know, behind-the-scenes of the filming, the sets, and, and that kind of thing, or um, a documentary, or... I would. Lots of things. Who knows? It's, uh, yeah, exactly. So it's fun journeys. There is somebody... Uh, somebody who used to be my boss when I worked at a Asda slash Walmart, and he donated to the Kickstarter. He just mm-hmm. walked up one day, just put money in my hand. I'm like, uh, okay. And he said he's got a son who's, I think the son's about 15, sort of quiet kid. I've not met him yet. Mm-hmm. He said, but he's very, very quiet and a little bit, not necessarily withdrawn, but he keeps himself to himself and stuff. But he loves movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's kind of me. Yeah. That, that kid sounds like he's me. And, um, my boss, or my boss at the time, Andy, he said, if there's anything, you know, sit down and chat with him or just, you know, he's been a parent trying to bring his son out of his shell and stuff, so fair play to him. He said, if there's anything you can do, and I'm thinking, it's perfect. I'm going to get him on the Mimi set when we're shooting up here, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get him to do what I want to do for films. It's like, right, you, here's a camcorder, document everything. Do it. Not necessarily do the interviews and stuff, because I'll probably do them myself for the behind the scenes. But it's just like just film everything, just document it, and and that's my plan for him. Mm. Um, and I'm maybe meeting him on Thursday, I think, because I'm off work. And I saw Andy um, in Walmart, and I said I updated him on Mimi. I said, look, it is still happening through personal reasons for the cast. It's been slightly delayed, but it's still going on. And here's what I'm up to, and. Uh, He'd, he'd mentioned that his son wants to go to media colleges and stuff like that. And he said, oh, maybe you could give him advice. I think, oh, I've never done a media course in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've not done any film classes. I've never studied for anything. It's like you've probably not studied to, to put events on. Nope, you know, you, you, just, you kind of fall into it. And that's – so I don't quite know what advice I could give other than, yeah, you don't need to bother with that. Just get yourself a Twitter account <laughs> and just start stalking famous people and be friendly about it. Otherwise, they'll block you. Um, but – yeah, it's. Uh, I like giving something back. So. Yeah, it always reminds me because um, obviously people know me as the sci-fi Wales guy on uh, on the podcast. But you know, there's lots of uh, other things that that kind of I do the rest of the uh, the rest of the year. One of um, the websites that that I do is called Sci-Fi News. Obviously, you know that, Stuart. But people listening probably don't. Um, now that website has been going since I believe 1999, um, and um, at one point um, I had, um, well, I believe the page is still there right now, where you can literally go on and say, you know, I want to help out. You know, I I, I go and watch um, all the latest um, film releases, and I love to uh, help with reviews. Or I go to a lot of conventions, so I like to review them and take photos. And um, I had a um, an email from um, 
uh, a young man who was based in Australia. Yeah. Um, I believe he was about 12 or 13 um, and um, kind of for, for kind of legal reasons, I, um, I got his mum to <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. sign some documents and I was talking to her about, about things. Um, but literally, he really was into sci-fi and he, he really wanted to get involved. So um, I used to get press releases from everywhere. And um, one of Australia's biggest comic cons were coming up um, back in the day. And um, they'd always send me press releases. So um, I, I sent a message back saying, um, any chance of getting a, a press pass? Um, I've got this young lad. Um, he wants to come down. Uh, he'd love to kind of review the convention, talk to some celebrities if possible. And uh, they came back and said, yeah, not a problem. And, uh, you know, this 12, 13-year-old lad got to go um, on behalf of Sci-Fi News to um, Australia's biggest comic con at the time and talked to some celebrity guests, got him free, walk around um, and review the, the event. Um, nice. And it, it's great that, you know, somebody as young as that can have such a great experience. Um, it is because, I mean, people have done that for me, not so much at that age. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I mean, I was always into films, but it was it was in my adult life where I was given access to actually speak to film stars and go to events and stuff like that. But they've still done it for me. They've they've got me in premieres. Uh, Dominic Burns got me to the Allies premiere. I was able to just photograph everything, hang out in the green room and chat with all the cast and make some new friends. And Craig Conway got me into the Newcastle Film Festival. And, mm-hmm. and so it's a whole bunch. So I... For me, it is a it's a, a pay it forward, yeah, type business, and I have no issue doing that. You see a lot of websites and a lot of podcasters and and film people who are like they see everybody else as the enemy, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, don't help anybody else because you might be cutting off your own cash cow. And it's like, I don't see that. I I put a tweet out earlier on in the week because the voting for the UK Blog Awards is still open, which is not not like a pimp for some votes, although, you know, maybe if you want to do it. And I put a tweet out saying that I don't do what I do for money. I don't do it for awards. I don't do it to get freebies. I do it because I love it. And that's, mm-hmm. I still stand by that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't like to, you know, do it for a living. I would love to do it for a living because I'd make some money. But I think if I did it for a living, I would lose some of the passion for doing it, mm-hmm. which would be a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when it comes to, to anything in this kind of world, whether it be events, um, working on sci-fi news or, or whatever. Um, my, my kind of way of looking th- at things has always been to, um, work with others and help each other out if possible. Um, I've done that with, with the comic cons. I've done it, like I say, with the, with the news, with, um, with working with people, you know, and, you know, I think the world would be a lot better place if, if other people had that same um, same mindset. So I think a lot of people just run by the numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, they're, you see a lot of YouTubers doing it, where they're like, and and suppose Kickstarter people as well and whatnot. But Kickstarter, I kind of get because it's it's money. But yeah. with YouTube, they're like, oh, I'm I'm ten followers off six hundred, or I'm a thousand followers off ten thousand, and so what? I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I looked. Somebody asked me earlier on, said, "How many followers have you, on YouTube have you got?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I've checked <laughs> for ages." And then I had a look, and I've got 424, which is about 100 more than I had last year. But generally, I don't, I don't care. 
Yeah. You know, unless you've got a thousand subscribers on YouTube, you ain't making any money. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a thousand, you might make a few pence. So I'm not going to make a fortune. <laughs> so I don't really care. I put the content on there to to house the content so that people can go look at it. And if the subscribers come at some point, but it doesn't really matter how many Twitter followers you got. You know, if you're a publicist or an event, I guess it does. You know, the more you've got, the, the better. Yeah. But I've got beyond that point now where I, I can. Oh, nobody's reading my tweets. I know people are reading them because they're retweeting them and stuff. But um, with the blog awards, the amount of people that are voting, and I don't mean like the sheer numbers, but I will see some, and it's for geek points. It's insane. I've got like actual movie stars going, yep, just voted. You're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) How, How do you even know? How am I on your radar? It's very odd. But, uh, well, but that's a nice thing, and it does show that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, we we had a a midweek conversation about bloggers. Um, just from uh, my my day job in in kind of marketing um, and dealing with um, with bloggers in a certain industry, and literally every time you you reach out to somebody. The, the email comes back asking you what your budget is or that will be £100 or that will be £200. So it's so refreshing to actually um, kind of find people who've got a real passion for it. And it's not about the money, even though money would be nice. It's 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 about kind of your passion and kind of sharing that with other people and kind of helping um, promote, um, you know, it, uh, especially in your case, a lot of um, kind of indie films that probably aren't given the um, the credit and the exposure that they actually deserve. Yeah. I mean, I've got a press release on my site at the minute for uh, for Paramount, for Mission Impossible Fallout, which is coming mm-hmm. out. I certainly, you know, they haven't paid me anything for it. I've not had any freebies whatsoever of Paramount. I wouldn't mind a screener disc because the film's great. <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching it again. But for some reason, I don't tend to get the Paramount ones. Uh, I don't know why they may not do them. But... Um, and yet I've also got press releases for films that you know, probably cost 500 quid. Mm-hmm. And I, I would never go, right, how much, how much can you afford to give me so I can host it on my free website and it will take me about 10 minutes to put the article up. Mm-hmm. And then what I'll do then is I'll share it to all the people that very kindly follow me on my social media so that they've got something interesting to, need, uh, interesting to read. In mm-hmm. order for that to happen, you need to pay me money. No, yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> why would you? It's, it it blows my mind. I don't understand it. Which and, is and, probably, and, and, probably why I've got a day job that pays me the money and my film <laughs> stuff doesn't. But but if if the world worked that way, then the the only films that people would ever know about and ever watch would be big budget Hollywood movies. Um, okay. The indies would kind of fall by the wayside. Nobody ever ever watched them, and then you wouldn't really get kind of up and coming kind of actors, actresses, directors, and and everything in between. And that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, people, and there are a lot of people out there who, unless it's on their TV screens, you know, in the in the middle of the X Factor or whatever, or if it's on the cover of Empire or Total Film or SFX, they don't even know that film exists. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's very few indie films that do actually get on the cover of Empire or Total mm-hmm. Film. Uh, and I'm not targeting just those two magazines, but indie films generally don't have the budget to fly journalists out to Hawaii so they can visit the film set and sit down with the megastars. Yeah. So therefore, they don't get the attention paid to them. 
There we go. So we're tangenting all over the place as per normal. If we are. It's great. I do. That's part of the thing. A lot. I don't know what I'm going to talk about until we start talking about it. And it's, that's generally the way most conversations go anyway. So I am totally fine with that. <laughs> so let's uh, tangent back onto Mr. Stallone. Yes, please. So I sort of asked, uh, asked you to pick one definitive film mm-hmm. of your choosing. So, I mean, I did a... The, the Facebook thing and the Twitter thing and the Instagram thing and it's been that many days ago I've kind of lost the timeline because of stuff pile but generally a lot of people A, they didn't understand what pick one means mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like so you True. Go, right, pick one if you look at some of the comments it's insane pick one well it's either going to be Rocky or First Blood <laughs> okay uh, right pick one well uh, I might go for Copland but then I quite like Demolition Man one of them two Okay, pick one. There was there was very few people that did actually just pick one film, which on one hand is quite good because it means that Stallone is doing something right and he's making lots of films. For me, it was a struggle as well to pick one. Well, but well, look at me and you. I think we've both watched more than one Stallone movie, um, you know, in the in the last week for it. So uh, even we didn't pick one. In 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 effect, we 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 chose multiple, even though we might have one that we prefer. So which one did you go for? Um, for me, um, I, I choose well chose a really high tech way of um, of uh, picking my one movie. I um, I said to my Amazon box Sylvester Stallone, and the first one that came up was Escape Plan, and that's the one I went for. And had you seen this before? No. Right. Okay. It was originally going to be called The Tomb, I believe. Ah. And it was touted many years ago because they've obviously they've always wanted Arnie and Stallone to team up. Yeah, um, and uh, there's been a few of them, you know, over the years. Like this is going to be the team up one, and then it never happened. Mm-hmm. And then the the tomb was supposed to be it, and this is what Escape Plan then became. So, what did you think? Well, what I really liked about the movie is in kind of when the movie opens. Your mind, as, as long as you don't know anything about the movie, your mind says, "Right, Sylvester Stallone. He's a he's a convict. He's uh, he's been put away. He's on uh, kind of his his last days in there before he gets out." And then, literally ten fifteen minutes into it, it's a big curveball, and that isn't the truth at all. Um, you find out that he's you know he's got his own kind of um, agency where um, they um, contract himself out to uh, to prisons. And uh, he kind of finds the weak points and, and how kind of convicts can break out so they can kind of fix the system and keep them in there. Um, and I really loved that curveball because literally I had started the movie thinking, right, Sylvester Stallone, convict, what's going to happen? And your mind starts kind of saying, well, maybe there's going to be a fight. He's going to stay in there longer. You know, you, you start kind of trying to work out the movie and it just goes in a completely different direction um, than you were thinking. So I really enjoyed that about it obviously um you know growing up the, the the big action names like we spoke about earlier were your stallone and your schwarzenegger and everything so to then kind of um be part way in and there's kind of arnold's kind of um it's it's kind of your dream come true you go back to your childhood and you think yes what a fantastic movie this is so i just enjoyed it kind of right from the, from the first minute all the way to the end and as soon as i'd finished it i thought is there escape plan two? And um, 
I was on kind of Netflix looking and there it was, but it was one on Amazon and I had to pay for it. So I'm not, uh, I, I didn't go and watch it, but it's definitely on my, uh, on my watch list for as soon as it kind of hits the screens free of charge. Definitely. Now escape plan is very good. And Stallone's one of these, cause I, I've, I've always been a Stallone fan. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I was introduced to him. I was, I was born in 71 uh, I think I saw Rocky 2 probably when I was about 9 or 10 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I, for whatever reason, I'd watched it you know, on TV or something. It's probably one of these BBC One late at night type things. Yeah. And I watched it and then that's when Rocky 3 came out of the cinema. And I watched that and my God, as I was 11 when that came out, I was so full of energy. And it was, as a kid, you know, back in the days when children would go outside, now mm-hmm. we'd stay indoors and just swipe screens and stuff. But <laughs> I, that, I was, I was always a fast runner. Yeah. And I remember coming out of the cinema after watching Rocky Three and sprinting home. And I lived up a big hill, not mm-hmm. like a, a grass hill, but a concrete hill. And I was, I was so full of energy because it's like, I find them really, really motivational. They are those films they really are especially as a kid they were insane so pretty much from then i went back and watched the original rocky which after watching rocky 3 which is it's got mr t in it mm-hmm. you know and you you could see why he got the role of ba baracus yeah in the a team it was off the back of his role in rocky 3 you go back and you watch this more of a drama film the original rocket it's a little bit dull because mm-hmm. i watched them in the wrong order and then the older you get you tend to appreciate it a bit more and you go this is now <laughs> a classic film and stuff uh, but i just soaked up stallone's filmography a lot of his early stuff i've even seen the the soft core porn movie that he did called uh, it was party at kitty and studs this is the original <laughs> thing i think it's from like 1971 it's bloody awful it's terrible and then they renamed it the Italian Stallion mm-hmm. for obviously marketing. But the film's terrible. It's this really cheap, <laughs> cheesy thing. Uh, Lords of Flatbush, which does the very famous story, but that had Henry Winkler, uh, a guy called Perry King, Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone, and I can't remember who else, but there's a whole bunch of them. It's very much like Happy Days. So mm-hmm. there's lots of white t shirts and leather coats and stuff. And they were putting Rocky together. And one of the producers saw the Lords of Flatbush and he went, Get me that guy. Mm. And then somebody saw Stallone and got him in the office and went, got him, brought him here. And he went, that's not the one. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's the guy from the Lords of Flatbushy one. He went, no, no, give it a good looking one, the other one. And it was Perry King that he actually (laughs) wanted to do Rocky. But obviously Stallone wrote Rocky and and he ended up being in it anyway. But I soaked up a lot of his his early stuff and then followed his career all the way through Mm -hmm. uh, to this day type thing. So it was pretty hard for me to pick one. Mm Mm-hmm. I nearly went for Rocky Four, okay, because that film's freaking amazing. I love it. I love Rocky Four. It's like a ninety-minute music video filled with montages and pure eighties <laughs> cheese. It's wonderful. But I ended up going for it was called John Rambo, but it's also Rambo Four, uh-huh. which I would. I've seen all the Rambo films, and after watching Rambo Three, I thought I'm happy with that. I'm mm-hmm. fine. And then they do the old, oh, he's coming back to do another one. You go, why? He's too old. This is not going to work. You cannot do a Rambo film. He was not too old for that movie. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't too old. But you think, oh, for God's sake. It's like when Arnie comes back for the Terminator. You're like, (laughs) why? Just leave it. But then you, you know, hopefully enjoy it, but not in the Terminator's case. (laughs) But Rambo 4 came out. Um, I'd already, part of me didn't want to watch it because I was still 
upset with Sylvester for not hiring me and taking me to Bulgaria or Thailand, yeah. where the hell I was. But I thought, you know what? I'll I'll be the bigger man. I will let bygones be bygones. <laughs> it's fine. I will I'll forgive watch, him. I watched Rambo 4 on my big screen TV. Oh, well, and I did. And that film just blew me away. Mm-hmm. It was insane. And even watching it the other day, on my even bigger TV, it still blew me away. I think the soundtrack's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I think the storyline works. I think his age plays into it. Yeah. Because he's just he's at that point where he's like, oh, I'm just tired. I just want a quiet life now. I just want to catch <laughs> snakes and you know ride my boat up and down the river and stuff like that. But then he becomes what he's always become, and you know it goes mental and slaughters pretty much half of Burma. Mm-hmm. I think in that, including this, it's a gutsy film that does not pull any punches. <laughs> it's insanely <laughs> violent, but it's also it works as a drama as well. Yeah, and if you do listen to the commentary, he he does say that he wanted to do it not just as an action film, but also to highlight problems that are going on in the world and are still going on in the world. And I think that it finds the blend of drama and fact perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think. And then ends wonderfully with him walking down the road to his family home, hopefully to see his dad there. Although I don't know how old his dad is, or maybe his dad's played by Kirk Douglas or whatever. Who <laughs> knows? And uh, and the film ends, and now we're going to get a, a horse riding Rambo Five with a cowboy hat on. But you know, who knows? I'll watch it. Well, yeah. And uh, we'll probably be talking about it and saying how fantastic it was. We will indeed. Yes. So, um, what else did you watch then? So, what you mentioned watch, you've had a bit of a Stallone fest. Yeah, um, kind of. Um, I, I've i got to say, I watched four and a bit movies. Um, because the second one I went for after Escape Plan was called Collection, also known as Reach Me. Oh, okay. I've, I have not seen that one. Um, and unfortunately, there wasn't enough Stallone in it. And I switched off probably half an hour into it. Um, I just found it slow and a bit kind of all over the place and kind of not what I I was expecting from a Stallone movie, really. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things. It's got, you know, fantastic cast, um, some really good people in there. Um, but... You know, Sylvester Stallone plays a very small part in it, and it it's just not what I was looking for at the time. Maybe I'll go back and give it another go. Um, you know, looking at it online, it's got mixed reviews. Some people say it's fantastic. A lot of people say it's not. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was that was my uh, my second Stallone attempt. But then uh, after that, I went back to something i know a bit better um i watched a movie that i had uh watched before which was the expendables um and me uh, me too i watched that (laughs) uh, i i loved it when i watched it kind of first time around so i enjoyed it just as much the second time but then this time i went on to watch the expendables 2 and the expendables 3 me too and me too (laughs) that's my other films that i've watched this week so we could have a good old expendables conversation exactly (laughs) and oh my god what a gorgeous cast yes although when when you go back and watch the first expendables though it doesn't (laughs) seem as this is filled with 80s action stars as 
as I remember it being. No. Because <laughs> like, the first one, you've obviously you've got uh, you've got Stallone in there. You've got Statham, who's not really an eighties action star, but for some reason no. he is one. Uh, you've got Mickey Rourke, mm-hmm. uh, Dolph Lundgren, yep. and you've got a little cameo by Schwarzenegger yeah. and Bruce Willis. And is that it? I think that's pretty much it for the first yeah. one, isn't it? But then it's just like this big collection. I don't know what happens if uh, all his mates say, uh, "Excuse me, Sly, can I be in the next one?" Or well, there was a lot of that that happened though, because it was I think it was between number two and three where they were trying to get Kurt Russell because mm-hmm. then it'd be a Tango and Cash reunion. Yeah, and for some reason that didn't happen. And then they were trying to get Steven Seagal, but he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to play a bad guy, mm-hmm. so he said no. And then they were trying to get Jackie Chan at one point, but he's like, uh, no. So there's, <laughs> and all those stories are probably out there on the internet where you're like, who is he trying to get into it next? Yeah. Um, so it's fascinating stuff. But you, you move on to number two. And I think number two's got a better cast yeah. than it the has. first one. Although for some reason, I think Mickey Rourke just disappeared, didn't he? He's yeah. just off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what? What an absolute fantastic set of movies. And it's great to see that number four's uh, kind of going ahead. And Yeah, I mean, is that definitely still happening? Because there's, I mean, not long after number three, three came out, didn't really make a lot of money, partly because the damn thing got pirated and leaked before its cinema release, so that didn't help. Um, and then it, they were talking about the Expendables, mm. which is still a project that seems to be provoking a lot of debate because there's a lot of female action stars you know Cynthia Rothrocks Linda Hamilton's um and and whatnot that could all team together yeah I'm not sure or you know just having a quick look on IMDB it's it's got its listing um plot is unknown um last updated 30th of May 2017 so I'm not sure it would be nice if uh, if it did Oh, what, the uh, Expendables or the Expendables 4? Expendables. I think that will happen. Yeah. Because if Stallone, I mean, he's doing Rambo at the minute, so that's probably taking up some of his time. If he's to be believed and he's not resurrecting Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. into any more films, then that's the Rocky franchise done for him as an actor. Yeah. What else is he going to do? He is one of those where the fans... They do want to see something different, but they also it's like give me more of that same. Perform for me. Perform. Yeah. Do the Rumble thing again. Do the Rocky <laughs> thing again. You know, Tango and Cash. Get them back again. Yeah, it's got to. It's got to be there. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, I, watching number three, I was really surprised to see um, Ronda Rousey uh, mm. kind of in that as one of the team. Well, he does fill the Expendables with wrestlers and MMA yeah. fighters and stuff. So, and Ronda Rousey, I think, had done a little bit of acting. I think this was this was before Entourage. So she she plays herself in the Entourage movie. So I think she'd done a little bit of acting. I mean, she's not a great actress by any means. We were sitting watching Number Three yesterday, and Annette was like, "Jesus." She's not doing herself any favours. I'm like, well, I ain't telling her. <laughs> I'm not telling her if I ever meet her, I'll be like, you're the best actress in the world, because she'll kill me. But yeah. I think she's an okay actress, but uh, it was good to see her in it. Well, it's, it's one of those things, um, me, myself, um, kind of, I got, uh, kind of, j- during my kind of wonder years when I was a, 
a kid growing up, I used to uh, enjoy watching what was WWF back then, uh, is now WWE, and it's something that uh, I've recently picked uh, up again and uh, enjoy spending um, the odd few nights every month watching wrestling with um, a friend who also has a passion of, uh, for wrestling. So uh, Ronda Rousey... Um, not too long ago was signed by WWE and has become a WWE wrestler. Um, so yeah, seeing her in, um, the expendables three was fantastic because I have to say she's one of my favorite female, um, superstars as it were in, uh, in the wrestling world at the moment. So I loved seeing her, uh, in the expendables three. Yep. And she fit in perfectly. She did she just, really uh, did. another one of the crew. So what did you think about some of the other cast in that? I mean, I thought Mel Gibson was great. I, I do like Mel Gibson. I've never I've really always liked, out with him. No, me either. I've always liked Mel Gibson. Um, so, you know, uh, obviously we were talking about movies that we liked. We would like to see on the, the big screen, and I chose Mel Gibson's Apocalyp- uh, Apocalypto. Um, so, yeah, I've always liked Mel Gibson as an actor. So to see him as the bad guy in number three, I was over the moon. I was like, yes. Um, and I just love seeing who he's going to pull out of the bag next, really. It's um, kind of, I'd only ever seen the first Expendables until kind of this last week. So then going on to the second one and kind of seeing more actors come in, you got Jet Li. Um, you know, it's great. I, I was just over the moon. It it was really transporting you back to your childhood. And it was like all your dreams for Christmas came true. All these kind of fantastic um, actors that you that you kind of watch in different movies just kind of pushed together on the same, you know, the same screen. And um, it's, it is like kind of uh, being transported back to your childhood, really. What know, did you think fun. of the appearance of Chuck Norris in number two? um yeah um (laughs) it's you know well to be honest i again it's just like anybody um if you can cram an appearance in by somebody just do it because um like i say they're all people that that kind of you've you've grown up watching so um yeah i i just loved it all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Annette's not a fan because she finds them very cheesy, but that's why I love them. Yeah, that, that yeah. that's the thing. And um, was it number three where it was like try and get every single um, kind of reference to other movies these people have been in? Um, yeah. So Schwarzenegger's there with his um, "I'll be back," and um, who was it who said, um, n- "No, you've um, you've been back enough. Uh, I'll be back." Um, it was oh, it was um, Bruce Willis. So then, Schwarzenegger comes back with Yippie Kaye, <laughs> and it was. Uh, did you catch the reference? It was Harrison Ford that says it. That stood outside the, uh, I think the hospital, I think, where um, Stallone's looking for Bruce Willis, isn't he? He's like, oh, I was supposed to meet a guy called Church, which yeah. is a Bruce Willis character, and Harrison Ford says to him, oh, don't worry about it. He's out of the picture. Yeah. The, yeah. the reason for that is Bruce Willis was being a bit of a dick, so they fired him. Hence, he was actually out of the picture, so they really? kicked him out. And Harrison Ford, he came down, he was he was shooting something else around that time, and he just sort of flew in for like a day or two at short notice to just do these scenes, because they're like, <laughs> we need to replace Bruce Willis. So that's what that, the way about it, is out of the picture. 
references to the fact they booted him. <laughs> it, it does make a lot of sense then because it was it was weird seeing kind of Harrison Ford come in. It was like double take. Well, hang on a minute. Where's Bruce yep. Willis? <laughs> this is Harrison Ford. Well, you go back and you watch that scene again, knowing what I've just told you, and it's like, oh my <laughs> god, that's amazing. It's like the way about it. It's out of the picture. It, <laughs> it was. It, like I say, you know, all that which is kind of cheese. It's just yeah. fantastic. It makes it so much better. It's, you know, it yeah. I, I've got to say, you know, after after Sylvester Stallone week, I, I'm a huge Sylvester fan, um, and it's it's been one of the best bits of homework, as as, as we say, uh, it, it could possibly be. I mean, there are Stallone. I mean, every actor's done a few duffers, you know, mm-hmm. a few films, but Stallone, I don't think, has done that many that I can think of. The Stop on My Mom Will Shoot, which is still watchable, mm-hmm. but it's not great. I, you know, I wouldn't run out and buy it on Blu-ray or anything. There's Oscar. Uh, I mean, on Netflix, there's quite a few. There's one called Bullet to the Head, mm-hmm. and it's one of the more recent ones, and he plays an assassin. You've got Jason Momoa in there, so it's Stallone going up against Jason Momoa, yeah. which is watchable. Uh, Assassins, where he goes up against Antonio Banderas, who's also in... <laughs> Uh, yeah. He was in Expendables 3 as this crazy guy, so that's where he comes from in the Stallone world. Obviously, you got Wesley Snipes in Expendables 3 from Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make the, the, what were you in prison for? Tax evasion, which was why Wesley Snipes was in prison, which is why he wasn't <laughs> in films, because he didn't pay his taxes and got locked up. So it's uh, there are so many Stallone films out there. Cliffhanger, it's a great film if you've not seen Cliffhanger. Yeah. That is uh, wonderful. And it's it's even kind of um, kind of the parts that that aren't necessarily as recognisable as well because looking through um, kind of his IMDb listings, you have got things like the zookeeper, where he's the voice of um, the lion. Yeah. Um, you know, um, was it ants? Ants? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. So. Spy well. Kids. He was in one of those. I think it might have been the third one. Yeah. I think when he played in that. Uh, if you want to see him go head to head with Robert De Niro and hold his own film called Copland, yeah. which is it's more a drama one. This is one where he'd been away for a few years and people are like, oh, Stallone's coming back. What's he going to do now? And he decided, I'm going to be a serious actor. People seem to think he was never was one, but it kind of was. You go back and watch Rocky. Mm-hmm. That was an acting role. He can do what he does. And he put a lot of weight on. He, he, he you know, messed his hair up and stuff. And he just... Uh, he took the minimum amount of money that an actor could be paid, which is scale, so that this film could be made. And it's uh, it's you've got Robert De Niro, Harvey Cattell, Robert Patrick, Michael Rappaport, Sylvester Stallone. You've got a massive cast list, and it is a cop thriller, mm-hmm. kind of like a '70s type thing. And Stallone holds his own, and he's he's great. So he's uh, he is definitely worth checking out in the majority of his films. I, I think uh, it was definitely a running joke in the house. Um, my wife would come in and she's, what, what are you watching? Is it another Stallone? I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got in last night. I think I had finished watching the X Factor final part one or whatever. And um, I said, can I watch part of the film? She went, yeah. I said, well, which couch do you want to sit on? Because generally she'll, if she's not interested in the film, she'll sit on one. Mm-hmm. If she is interested, she'll sit on the other. Went, what film is it? She went, oh, it's all Expendables 3. She went, oh, I'll go sit on the other couch then. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> So she wasn't really that bothered, but she'd seen that one before. Yeah. But she's she quite likes Stallone. So I think I did ask her. So what's your definitive one? And she picked Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. It is a good uh, film. 
It is good. Yeah, so uh, I think the com- most common choices were obviously Rocky, mm-hmm. uh, First Blood, which was picked. Copland got a couple of mentions. I think Neil Johnson had watched First Blood and he said Rambo, so I'm guessing he meant the second Rambo. Mm-hmm. So he'd watched that in anticipation. He actually used the word anticipation for this podcast. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to know that somebody gets anticipated by it. Not Bob, obviously, because he's still not showed <laughs> up. How mad would we be if we're still sitting here waiting for him? I may have to throw him tomorrow yeah. if, if I see him. But it's, uh, it's as good always, to see. Um, again, flicking through IMDb, um, Escape Plan 3 is in post production. Oh, wow. Post production? That means it's been shot. So, uh, um, interesting. So it's pretty good. So you enjoyed a bit of homework then? I did indeed. Well, that it was going to be Bob that chose the next bit of homework, and I was going to revolve to yourself, but I'm going to let you choose it because you're here and he's not. So, um, the Stallone one, it mm-hmm. was one definitive film. So you pick an actor or a filmmaker or anybody, and we just have to watch one. And then Ooh. you and I will, will toddle off, and then we'll resume next week, and we will have picked one. Is it uh, too cliche, then, to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger? See, he's been mentioned there uh, quite a bit. Not too cliche at all. I'm all right with that. Okay, let's go with it, then. Let's go with Arnie. Good. Well, that's quite a difficult one because in the past month I've watched about three Arnie films anyway, so I'm going to make sure I don't watch those. Expendables I, 1, 2, 3. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I could have yeah, I've watched Commando because I'm still reading Bill Duke's book, which is very, very good. He actually made a video to Bill Duke with all the, the support of tweets and thank yous and stuff, and I'm in it. Actually, Bill oh. Duke has made a film with me in it. That's insane. And he was in Commando, so that's why I was watching that one. And he's also in Predator, and I watched that one. So Fantastic. I will try and come up with something that I've not seen for a while. And then we'll have a good old chat about uh, about Arnold Schwarzenegger next week. This sounds good. Uh, I don't know if you got my uh, text message earlier. I did, but I didn't manage to watch the trailer for whatever. So educate me. I've never heard of it. What is it? Basically, it's uh, it's a three-minute trailer for an, another Netflix exclusive movie called Bird Box, uh, starring Sandra Bullock. Okay. And basically, the the premise seems to be um, that there is some kind of force, um, whether it be kind of alien, demon, whatever, that seems to be making people's worst fears kind of manifest themselves again. Whether it's in their head, whether it's actually for real, we don't know in the trailer. Um, but basically, the whole world is going to pop from uh, from what we see. Um, and Sandra Bullock's got um, a couple of kids, um, and obviously she wants to protect them. And you see her um, blindfold, telling the children that whatever you do, you do not take off these blindfolds. And she's putting blindfolds on the kids. She's got blindfolds on herself as they're making some kind of trek to somewhere. Um, and uh, kind of strange things happen around. It's so much happens in the three minutes that it's very hard to describe. And uh, yeah, it doesn't give a lot away. So uh, I, I definitely recommend that this Bird Box movie is something that people check out and have a look at the trailer for. That sounds good. I shall check that out when I go downstairs. I think, I think I've told you my personal connection to Sandra Bullock's story. I don't know if I told you that one. Not, not that I know of. Is now, it? Can we, can we fit it in? It, 
Oh yeah, it's a short one. Don't worry about it. I have this book to read now. No, <laughs> she um, she did a newspaper interview or a, a website interview or something years and years ago, mm-hmm. and she said she was getting a little bit tired because all she gets is the rom com th- roles, and she just wants mm-hmm. something a bit different. And it's it's very hard to get something unique and something a bit gritty in Hollywood. So I wrote her a letter, as you do, mm-hmm. and uh, I said I'll happily write the script for you, but I think you should play a pedophile child killer. <laughs> Um, I never heard back from her, so that was quite. I told you it was a short story. Yeah, <laughs> but it would have worked. I could see her in a black jumper and everything. I'm like, her poster's now being she... screened. Anything from Stuart in the bin? <laughs> yeah, I think it could well get to that point. But I thought, you know what? Just play something mm. that you've never played before. Just kill children. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. I don't... So if at some point she may actually do that role, then it's mine. I wrote that for her. Fair enough. We'll uh, we'll keep I... that in mind. I never got to the. Uh, to the scripting stage so there is not a pedophile script in my house <laughs> on my art um i have so to say though uh going back to bird box and sandra but looking at sandra bullock in that she doesn't age no she doesn't she really no. doesn't no her and keanu reeves i think they've found out where the fountain of youth is mm-hmm. um yeah and and they're abusing it they need to share the wealth because they do let us know like, this is the first week Oh, it's the first like two days actually. I might add si- that I've felt okay since uh, just after Sci-Fi Wales. <laughs> it was I bought the the one dumbbell that I think I'd mentioned before. So I bought mm-hmm. a dumbbell. I, I I was on YouTube yesterday and I, I googled or uh, YouTubed how to work your arm muscles. Yeah, it's probably do it on YouTube. Don't just Google it because you might end up with all sorts of weird websites. Um, <laughs> and there was a guy there doing the muscles, and it was like, all right, okay. I need two dumbbells because I'd realized that I was using one and that was fine for that. But then I was compensating by leaning over on the other one. So I'm like, I just need two. So uh, I have two. And I've been working the arm muscles out a little bit and the shoulder muscles and stuff like that. And I feel okay. So this is like today and yesterday, I felt all right. And it's the first time in like two months. It's insane. So I need a fountain of youth, I think. I do feel a, another letter coming on, you know, till to Sylvester. That you're uh, in now in training for the next Rocky movie if you want to uh, to write it. <laughs> Definitely, I could take over the role. I could be, uh, you know, Rocky Balboa's cousin or something, <laughs> Stuart Balboa. That could work. That I might start writing that tonight. So uh, writing wise, I'm busy writing that hotel one, which mm-hmm. is fun. I do like because you get stuck. Yeah. You write a story and you go, oh, I'm stuck now. So you put it down and then you come up with an idea while you're on a bus and you go. <gasps> cracked it and then you run home and you you carry on writing so i'm in that stage in a minute but it's it's kind of fun mm-hmm. so um but yeah that's that's my week so what have you got planned for your week as we wrap up this bobless episode um probably i'll try and emulate this this past week really i've really enjoyed kind of watching um kind of lots of movies um on on an actor that is uh, such a fantastic kind of actor um so I'm, I'm looking forward to doing very much the same um the week seems to have flown by actually um which is always good if uh, the day job gets uh, out of the way and you can get to the to the weekend quickly Doesn't it? well i spent i never mentioned what company i work for which is always on purpose but today i went in and one of my one of the bosses there said right instead of uh, speaking to the english customers via email we will be speaking to the German ones, okay? I don't speak German. 
Mm. I don't read German. I don't type German, but I've spent all day long Google translating German emails oh. and then and then uh, firing out responses in German. <laughs> to the, I don't know what I've been reading or what I've been replying, and God help them when they get the emails I've been sending them. So that's that's been my day, but that's why I needed to sleep when I got home. I was exhausted. But I wonder if, like, like kind of, uh, you know, the Germans, for, for instance, if they've got, like, kind of their own translation tool somewhere where they can be like, this is Google translated German. I hope so. If they, they yeah, stick it in there and then they, this is the, the actual German that, that, that it's supposed to be. For their sake, I really do hope so. So when I get back in work tomorrow, I'll be doing English correspondence, which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with that because I can at least speak and write and uh, type that language. So hmm. I'm all right. So maybe, not, maybe no, at a future Sci-Fi Wales, where you can do one of the uh, the panels in Welsh. I was I thought you were going to go for like Sci-Fi Berlin or something like that. Then I'm like, <laughs> whoa, that's a bit of a train trip, but I'm up for it. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would never disrespect the Welsh people by by sort of hatcheting the language. You, you wouldn't be happy with a, a little laptop next to you. You could just type things in and hit the translate button and then attempt to pronounce them. I'd probably still ruin it. I'd get heckled. <laughs> I'd get heckled. And I think with my current run at Sci-Fi Wales being 20-something panels, I think it's like 27, 28 or something, I don't think I've been heckled. I bet Annette's probably heckled me a couple of times, like, get off the stage, the next one starts in five minutes, like, <laughs> heckle, or Bob waving a flat battery in front of me, going, yeah, it's not recording. Uh, but I don't think I've been heckled. So mm. I would like to keep that record and not get heckled. Fair so, enough. <laughs> well, always a pleasure, Rob. You too. And the, the hour and a half has flown by, as they always do when it's when it's us on a show. It has. Hopefully, uh, Sylvester does listen to this. And if you do, fantastic, uh, fantastic career. You've brought so much pleasure, at least to me, and I'm sure thousands and millions of other people. And yes. uh, please continue to do so for, well, as long as you want, and which is hopefully many, many years. And I do forgive you for uh, October, November 2005, when I didn't get any further than you. I might add, though, the publicist, she was wonderful. She was so nice and friendly uh, <laughs> and until, you know, it came to the time to go, yes, no, it's not happening. Go away. So you got that you knockout blow at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was <laughs> devastated. But it was fun. I hope everybody enjoyed the story anyway. Feedback is more than welcome. And uh, leave me a review or drop me a tweet or something like that. So. Enjoy your evening, Rob. You too. Catch up with you during the week, but mm -hmm. I will catch up with everybody else uh, on next week's podcast. Yep. Thank you very much for having me. And hello to Neil. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Yes. Hello, Neil. Hello, Tracy. Uh, there has been rain in California. So hopefully that's sorting a little bit of the air pollution and stuff out. But yeah. it's probably still got a long way to go. All right. Well, take care. You and too. I'll chat to you soon. Goodbye. Okay. Bye bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.